Hey guys, have you tried Poshmark? Poshmark is the easiest way to buy and sell your clothes. Find your favorite brands like Nike, Lululemon, and Reformation at up to 70% off. Download the app and use Podcast 10 at sign up for $10 off your first purchase. Have clothes that aren't sparking joy? Poshmark is great for selling too. Stars like Serena Williams, DJ Khaled, and more have closets on Poshmark. Just take a photo, set your price, and earn cash. It's that simple. Don't forget to use Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. And the ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star Review. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Axe Exotic Pets, and our great, great friend over at Mass Mutual New York State. That's Brian Comboy. Get your financial future in order today with Brian. You might have a youngster heading off to college or you're prepping for retirement early. Brian can help you out. He opens your eyes to a lot of new ideas. Brian Comboy, advisors.massmutual.com and on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Welch and Company Jewelers and Prestwick Golf. Well, can't wait to talk a little NHL, some Stanley Cup playoffs with this guy, plus uh, the news and notes around the offseason of the National Football League. He is a host and an anchor for SiriusXM NFL and SiriusXM Sports and a contributor to SiriusXM NHL at Zig Fracassi on Twitter. Zig, welcome, bud. How are you? Lindsley, always good to be with you. I'm good. Yourself? I'm well. I appreciate you asking. What is next for the Boston Bruins? <laughs> Let's all take a deep breath. No, um, it was a good. You know what? Like I think a lot of people thought that maybe this was a, a disappointing season. I viewed it as a actually uh, a successful campaign. Just to sum- summarize, they obviously had to play in the different division uh, to play with the Washingtons and the New York teams and everything like that. So. Uh, and they revamped the defense, and they had to wind up using four goalies and a multitude of forwards. So I think overall, people might be disappointed, but I actually viewed this in a different prism of this as actually being a very good year for them. Some transition, obviously. Uh, I think going forward, uh, they've got some tougher decisions. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to have Rask uh, for the start of next season, if at all, because of the surgery uh, that he's going to need for his torn labor for the hip. There's a real good possibility Krejci might not be back. Um, you know, some other people, Sean Corrali, Jake DeBrus, they got some decisions to make there. So what I can see happening is they re-sign Taylor Hall, uh, give him a nice deal. The guy they got uh, from Ottawa uh, at the deadline, Mike Riley, really stabilized the, the defense. I think they wind up uh, pushing for a couple of free agents because they've got the cap room to do it. And it wouldn't shock me if they either signed a free agent goalie or traded for one. So I think the Bruins are still in good shape. But at the same time, Mike, they started to sort of renovate the team with the losses of Krug and Chara. I think they're going to start doing more of that this year. It's almost like Madison Square Garden, you know, a couple of years ago when they finally redid the place. They did it in sort of levels. That's what this is akin to, which what the Bruins are doing on the fly here. And I think they'll be back in uh, back in contention next year with some uh, enhanced bottom six and maybe some uh, uh, some different goaltending depth. Do Do you see them getting involved in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes? Good question. 
Uh, answer would be no. I think a couple things here. One, they almost have, Mike, what's sort of known as the Bergeron salary cap, if you will, because he's the guy, the, the linchpin of the team, and he makes just under $7 million a year. Uh, Eichel, obviously, is on the books for $10 million, so I, I think from one thing, the salary doesn't fit. And number two, you know, any trade talks, I would think, Kevin Adams, if he's smart, he's going to ask for either McAvoy or Pasternak as part of a package back, and I don't think Boston wants to do that. Although I floated the idea out there that just from a due diligence standpoint, if I'm Don Sweeney, I might see what would be out there for a Pasternak. In other words, Hmm. if I could shore up two positions and maybe consider making some kind of deal, I would at least look at it, but I don't think they're going to do that. So but back to your question, I would say no, because the price is going to be too high. And then, like if in Boston's case, Mike, would they agree uh, if, if Eichel wants to have that surgery that has not been performed, you know, on, on an athlete in, in a sport like that, would they be the ones to agree with that? I don't know if they would take that chance. So long answer to your question would be highly unlikely. What do you see when you watch the New York Islanders play hockey? I, you know, they, they to me are a, a typical Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz type of team. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is you don't have the biggest stars, although Barzell, I mean, the, the way he emerged, in the, came emerged in the Boston series and then scored uh, yesterday, uh, he's, he's emerging as that superstar. But they have four lines that are deep, they are so defensively responsible. I mean, I was in awe of watching them yesterday after after I did my NFL show. I wound up uh, watching the game again because I taped it. And, Mike, I mean, they kept Tampa Bay a proficient offensive team to the perimeter. They're like fiends when they forecheck. So they pressure the defense, even if it's Hedman or uh, McDonough, two of those accomplished guys back there. They're relentless on the forecheck. They don't give you anything. And when if they do slip up, then you've got the goalie there to you know protect the day, so to speak. So I thought they played a superb game one. Uh, I think Tampa will bounce it back, though. I think they were woken up in this game. But I will tell you this: they don't have the stars, but they all play their system well. And you can when you can roll four lines like that. They're an awfully tough team to beat. That's what I see with the Islanders. Who comes out of that series, and who wins Vegas and Montreal? I still think Tampa comes out of it. Although I am, what I would be a little concerned about is, you know, the Islanders obviously played in, in that tough East division, which I thought by far was uh, the most difficult. Whereas Tampa, yeah, they they, they were top heavy division because Florida was good, Carolina was good, and then the rest of them were not very good. But Tampa's got the pedigree of the Stanley Cups. To me, Mike, they're a mix of the Islanders and Boston. The Islanders. Uh, have you know they go four lines deep. Tampa goes four lines deep. Boston's got star players. Tampa's got star players. Except they mix all of that into one. So uh, and they, by the way, they've lost uh, the first home game of their playoff series this year. So that's kind of a weird trait to be. But I think they bounce back. I think they're too deep. And like I said, they're they're cup resilient. And then the other series. Wow. Um, Boy, Vegas is another team like the Islanders, Mike. They forecheck you to death. They play their 
I think they, they probably edge out Montreal because I just got to wonder, as wonderful as Carey Price has been, you know, Caulfield's come on and really given them a, a push. But Montreal's been off a while. And we've seen teams that have, you know, been off for six, seven days or whatever, not be able to regain their mojo. I just got to wonder how this, uh, this transcends. And then, you know, the Canadians now traveling first time, you know, into the United States and with the enhanced protocols. And, oh, by the way, it's like 115 out in Vegas. So you got to wonder if they don't feel the effects of that. So I'd probably shade towards Vegas in that series. When, when you look at the game today, um, in, in your, in your lifetime, have you ever seen the size, speed, skill set, youth, uh, with these players, there's so many of them who have that from McDavid to Matthews to McKinnon to you know Pasternak and on and on it goes. And I mean, if you the guys in Vegas, all of them, tons of them in Tampa, have you ever seen that collection of of those things in the game? I think the game is as, as good as it's ever been because of it. Yeah, I would agree. I think from a, obviously from a physical conditioning standpoint, Mike, it was, you know, it's different from, gosh, before even you were born, when I was starting to follow the game in the in the 70s. I mean, these guys, you know, when they came to training camp, Mike, they were just trying to get into shape. Right. Whereas now, it's a year-round phenomenon. They, you know, they have their nutrition coach. They've got their you know, uh, they're, they're gymnastic, not gymnastics, but uh, the physical coach. They got coaches uh, for everything, basically. So I think from that standpoint, it has. I think from the overall type of game standpoint, I don't think we'll ever see what we saw in the mid to late 80s and early 90s is that run and gun again. You know, there's not going to be guys, I don't think, scoring 92 goals in the season like Gretzky did or you know, like Brett Hall and all that, I think that era is gone because I think now the game has become a little too systemized, if you will, especially you can, when, when all else fails, Mike, you can play the left wing lock, you can play the one three one trap and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think we'll ever see the scoring aspect, but I think just from, you know, the speed, you know, the skill level and that kind of thing, the game is quite different. I think, you know, the biggest thing, too, now is the goaltending. Yeah. Back then, it, it was so primitive. But now, you know, I'm not, I don't think we're at the Garth Snow age anymore where the guy looked like, you know, Frankenstein in goal. But uh, the actual goaltending, uh, you know, the Vasilevskis of the world, the Varlamovs, guys like that, that's where I think it's better. So I think the athleticism and the goaltending makes the game much different than, say, you know, even back in the 60s and 70s to the, you know, run and gun days of the mid to late 80s and early 90s. I think that's exactly it. I think it nailed it. Because I think, you know, outside of Ken Dryden, Bernie Perrin, et cetera, into Billy Smith, Grant Fuhr, those guys were still giving up a bunch of goals because it was the era, but they were the best at stopping the puck. But then, man, a huge percentage of the league, you just have to look back at so many of the clips, and I'm not taking anything away from Gretzky's record-setting numbers and all the rest, but man, there are so many occasions where a goalie's, you know, topsy-turvy, he's fallen over, uh, he's way out of the crease, he's, he can't see the puck, he's moving around with, you know, with no stick, and, and, you know, 
uh, control. It's just it's such a different game in net. Oh, absolutely. And then you know, obviously, you you know, you had those goalies you mentioned, and I think when uh, Wah and, and and of course not the Dominator in Buffalo started oh. playing that you know that style that nobody actually saw before. Then mm-hmm. all the teams that had to have the next Dominator and everything, and then also. Uh, would change the game and maybe not for the better. You know, you started to see a team like the New Jersey Devils basically use that trap and muck up the center, the center area where teams couldn't be much creative. And you know, that's back an offshoot of the of the Canadians back in the day. Except they disguised it because they had skill like Lafleur and Shut. But when they played defense, Mike, they were you know neutralizing uh, that zone. And I think that's where. Uh, the NHL was trying to change rules, uh, you know, mid two thousands and after the big lockout, you know, you know, to take the uh, center center line out of the game. This way, you have you know, chance for better breakaways or longer seam passes, which I think is really added to the game itself. But it's all kind of evolved, and I think that's probably where the advent was the you know the start of the better goaltending with Brodeur and Juan them. And also the uh, the neutral zone trap, which you can basically clog it up, and a lot of teams did that after a while before they, you know, started to try to tweak the rules around. Zig Fracassi, our guest, ML Sports Platter, Sirius XM NFL, uh, and XM Sports uh, hosts and anchor and a contributor on the NHL side as well at Zig Fracassi, a, a must follow on Twitter. Let me hit you with a couple on the NFL. I'll let you run. Sure. Week one, Green Bay Packers. Who's the quarterback? It'll be Jordan Love um, or Blake, you know, Blaine Gabbard or whoever it might be. Um, you know, th- this one's tricky, Mike. Um, everyone keeps saying that, you know, th- this is a power play going on with uh, Aaron Rodgers and that basically he wants the, the GM who's fired. Um, you know, obviously I think he's still, he, he even he said the Kenny Main piece, this wasn't about the draft pick of Jordan Love. He loves the guy and all that part in the pun. But, you know, it, it, it is still about it. And I think he's still rankled by it. So, you know, do, what does he want? Does he, does he want more money? Does he want, you know, the guarantees? I mean, he is under contract. So th- this isn't basically, it shouldn't be a contract issue because, you know, he, he's under a deal. So unless a team like Denver or somebody comes through before the start of the season with a, you know, a can't-miss offer, then I, I got to think Rodgers does come back. But he could always pull this, Mike. He could, he could ultimately miss the first 10 games of the season or whatever and then come back to, you know, play the last six or seven to accrue a season. So this one's dicey. I, I'm going to think, though, before long, maybe they they, they get this uh, under control. And if, you know, you had to flip a coin, I'd probably say he would wind up being the starter opening day. And then in double jeopardy for 2000, the first quarterback to, <laughs> the first quarterback to sit out for 10 weeks and, and host jeopardy and then win a Super Bowl is, and, you know, so... That would be the who is Aaron Rodgers is the is the uh, what he'd love to ask uh, down the line. This Buffalo Bills group last yeah. year they are in the final four. We know they're chasing the Chiefs. The AFC is better. The Bills could be better. We know that you hit the reset button every year is different. D- 
does this group, McDermott, Bean, Allen, the Weapons, Diggs, etc., do they have sustainability to stay at the top of the NFL? Oh, I think so. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, what I'm hoping to see, you know, obviously Josh Allen made major strides, you know, last year, and, you know, some would contend that he put up sort of MVP-type numbers. I, I would say this year, if I see more of the same and or even maybe a little better, even, you know, try to cut those interceptions, weren't all that many, but if you can cut those down, um, obviously they, he's got a good rapport with Diggs. Uh, I would like to see more out of the tight end position, which is why I think uh, if they give a reasonable offer to Philadelphia, I, I'd be in on Zach Ertz because I think Dawson Knox is a nice player, but he doesn't remind you of Ozzie Newsom or Kelvin Winslow or Tony Gonzalez in their prime. So I think they need a few more receptions out of there. Uh, defensively, you know, it was interesting in both games, what was it, last year against Kansas City, the first time in the regular season, I think they ran it for 10 miles. Then in the championship game, they passed it for 10 miles. So uh, you need to have some more consistency there. You know, hopefully uh, Latulale, uh, his return is good. Um, you know, maybe just get some uh, some extra pressure from the, from the front seven in terms of getting to the quarterback and obviously uh, – you're set in the defensive backfield, I think. The thing, Mike, that to me to watch is now they are considered a favorite. You know, I don't know if they stuck up on people last year, but that this is the thing that always concerns me for these teams that sort of make these quantum leaps. Now you're expected to be the favorite. Now you're going to get each team's best shot each week. If they're able to handle that, then I think there's a realistic chance they have a – uh, to play in the Super Bowl, but as long as Mahomes is healthy in Kansas City, they're the gold standard right now. So uh, those like the Oilers did back in the late 70s, tried to knock on that door, couldn't get through the Steelers. But if they keep knocking, they'll, I, I think, get through that door at some point. Whether it's this year, I'm not sure. Would you rather be the Chiefs or the Bucks heading into this season? Ooh, good question. Um well, the Chiefs are obviously hungry because they got, you know, boat raced in that Super Bowl. And I, and I think part of that, too, Mike, was uh, from that unfortunate uh, incident a couple of days when, uh, before when uh, the uh, Britt Reed, Andy's son, had that uh, horrible car accident involving that poor young lady. And hopefully she's progressing. And, you know, uh, Reed, he's no longer on the staff. But my point is I think they lost a lot of their focus, whether – it was said or not, there's clearly there's clearly a correlation to how they played in the Super Bowl. Uh, you would think that they're hungry. They're still primed uh, to get back to a Super Bowl. But I got to tell you, you know, everything I'm reading and hearing out of Tampa right now, you know, Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls already. Uh, they got the band together, all 22 starters back for the, the Bucks. And, you know, he's not letting up, Mike. That's the one thing. I mean, this guy's done everything that you possibly can. And, like, go home. You know, enjoy your life. Enjoy your wife and your kids and spend all the gazillion dollars you got. But he just keeps coming back for more. And when you've got a guy, Mike, that's so accomplished like that, you as a teammate can't but help feel, you know, I don't want to let him down again. So... You know, Super Bowl letdown, that, that's a 
definite possibility, but with Tom Brady and that, I don't know if I see it. So, answer your question, I, I probably want to be Tampa Bay here. I think I got a real shot to repeat for the first time, what, since his uh, Patriots teams in the early 2000s were uh, repeat Super Bowl champions. So, I would not bet against TB12. I, I agree with you. You know, the, the path seems to be clearer, too, from competition standpoint. Like, you know, who knows if Green Bay goes down a little bit because Rodgers isn't there and he's on another team, could be out of the out of the conference, uh, even if he is there. I mean, who's the next best team? I, I don't I don't really know. You've got some weak teams in the north. Maybe the Bears are better, maybe. Uh, the NFC East, I think Tampa should be better than pretty much all of those clubs. The West is obviously the fascinating place with the Rams at Stafford. Yeah. Seattle should still be good. They win 11, 12 games every year. San Fran has a Super Bowl-ready roster, what happens at quarterback, Trey Lance, etc. But the AFC is loaded. I mean, Sig, this <laughs> the AFC is it's loaded, man. Kansas City, Pittsburgh should be all right. Cleveland. Baltimore and Cleveland are really good. The Bills, I mean, this is going to be, and oh, by the way, I think the Chargers could be the up-and-coming team in the conference with Justin yeah. Herbert. That, that, that's my reasoning for picking the Bucks because that AFC is just so freaking full. Well, and, then, and Mike, just to further the point on Tampa, you look now in New Orleans, no Drew Brees. That's so, yep. you know, and then you got Atlanta. They traded the Julio Jones to Tennessee. And then Carolina, I think they're on the ascend. I like what Matt Rule's doing there. But they're still uh, a team that I think is a ways away from at least contending for a wild card spot. So right there, you figure you got to have at least five or six wins there. And then, boom, you win a couple uh, other conference games, maybe one from the AFC. Tampa may be good to go again. Final question. Sneaky team in the NFL people aren't paying attention to going into this season. A sneaky team going into this season, huh? Um, that's a good one. I don't know if I would spoke Jacksonville. I would not call them sneaky, but obviously... You know, they've got a fresh approach with uh, Urban Myers, the coach, and Trevor Lawrence so decorated as a collegiate quarterback and, you know, made some nice moves in the offseason. Um, they could be one, Mike, that I think, I don't know if they're going to win, they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I, I think they could uh, at least uh, contend a little bit uh, in their division, maybe surprise some people. Um, so I wouldn't sell them short. And then. You know, you never want to sell New England short. And I know everybody's on the, you know, it was all Brady and Belichick didn't have much to do. That's BS. Bill Belichick, I, I would take him over probably 28, 29 of the coaches any day. Because the guy knows the rules inside and out. He's, he's an X and O genius. And he actually had them playing fairly competitive last year. Although it was clear Cam Newton was, was compromised with injuries and inconsistent play. But then they spent a boatload of money, you know, whether it was the tight end position, uh, they added a couple of receivers. New England, Mike, spent a boatload of cash uh, for the first time ever, really, in the Kraft-Belichick era. And I, I think if Cam Newton, obviously, his hand's an issue, but and they got their quarterback of the future now in Mac Jones, but if uh, Cam comes back and is moving along like everyone says he is in terms of year number two of the offense all those additions you're going to get Hightower back now on defense from sitting out last year 
Whether Gilmore stays around or they trade him remains to be seen. But I think this might be a year that um, I'm not saying they're going to be the Patriots of old, but I wouldn't sleep on the New England Patriots just yet. So enhanced talent. I think Belichick's motivated. Cam's motivated. Uh, New England could be at least a wild card team and maybe a little bit more this year. Get him on Twitter at Zig Fricasi, the terrific host and anchor, Sirius XM NFL and Sirius XM Sports, and a contributor to Sirius XM NHL. Zig, thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Anytime, Michael. Thank you, bud. As far as teams to watch, um, you know, in the NFL upcoming in 2021, I, I think you've got a lot, actually. Um, and, and look, the, the ones that are obvious are Tampa Bay. Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City. Those are the the obvious ones. Um, But I think when you kind of get through the upper echelon, you know, and you look at the mid-level to low-level teams, you know, kind of along the lines of that. I asked him, Zig, you know, the, 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 the sneaky question because I didn't know if he had an idea of a team maybe that went, you know, six and 10, seven and nine, they were in that, in that window or 500 take a big leap that um, nobody sees coming. New England, they're not sneaky from the sense of coverage because Belichick's still there. Uh, they have plenty of figures on that team, including Cam Newton, who you know get a bunch of media coverage, obviously. Um, they just spend a ton of money. Uh, they're just close, you know, to Tom Brady, I mean, you know, being the quarterback. So it, it, they don't, they're not sneaky from the standpoint of media coverage and all the rest, but they could be sneaky in terms of being a playoff team and 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 somebody difficult to deal with. I, I would put the Patriots in that category of sneaky and teams to watch. Um, watch out for, you know, I should say. Uh, I, I tell you what, I would put another team in there. I put, I'd put the L.A. Chargers. I mean, I think they've got a roster that is really, really great, and Justin Herber is a phenomenal talent. Um you know, I'd throw them in there. I'd throw the Bengals in there because it's all about Joe Burrow coming back from the ACL. I, I you know, I can't wait to see what he brings uh, to the table. The Arizona Cardinals made a lot of moves in the offseason. They had a pretty good draft. Um, you know, last year when they had the 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 Hal Murray play to beat Buffalo. After that play, Buffalo had a bye week. Arizona completely tumbled down uh, and, and had a horrible rest of the season. Finished eight and eight, and the Bills finished in the final four. Uh, I think the Cardinals are definitely a team to pay attention to, uh, to watch out for, a team that could be growing under Cliff Kingsbury, a team that could learn from last year. And my other team to watch is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, when you talk about a team that was ravaged by injuries in the NFL last year, it was the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I think with this club right now, I think that they are primed and ready, but the question becomes, the question becomes, what happens to quarterback? You know, they go out and get Trey Lance, and I understand that, you know, a lot of people have him, you know, way high up, and he's going to, could be, the, you know, the most uh, talented quarterback in the group, blah, 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 fine, but he's still going to be a rookie. He's still going to have to go through growing pains. Will Jimmy Garoppolo be moved? Are they going to try to, you know, battle it out between the two of them? I'm not really sure. But as far as the whole roster is concerned, 
and that that's a that's a Super Bowl roster. They get guys back all over the board. They have a guy who probably I would say behind Travis Kelsey, right? As far as being one of the best tight ends in, in, in the game, and George Kittle, he comes back. Uh, they're loaded at wide receiver. They're going to run a lot of Kyle Shanahan stuff with Ayuk and Samuel and Sanu, Sanu Sr. I mean, they've got some major pieces, uh, you know, on, on offense. Um, I don't think there's any doubt at running back. They're also loaded. Um, you know, I thought they had a pretty good draft too. So, I would throw those five teams right in it, you know, as far as teams, you know, to watch uh, in the NFL this year. Um, you know, I think I think the Patriots, I think the Bengals, you know, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the 49ers, those, those would be my five. Um, and, you know, I think you're going to have some of the usual staples, you know, you're going to have the Seattle Seahawks win a bunch of games and make the playoffs. There's an extra wild card. So even if they're not as good as the Rams, they can still win 10, 11 games and get in. Um, but to watch out for it, Carolina would probably be another pick for me just because I, I'm right with Zig in terms of, I think, the uh, that they are on the up and up with Matt Rule and company. Mike Lindsley with you. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are bought, brought to you by Camillus Golf Club, Welch & Company Jewelers, and CNY Electrical. Log on to cnyelectrical.com for commercial and residential help with electricity. you got to go with my man Sean and his staff. If you're in the greater central New York area or greater New York State area, CNY Electrical. Visit them online at cnyelectrical.com and on Facebook. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to our good friends at the Allen Angus Pub and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Route 11 and Cicero, if you're in and around central New York. Doggy Daycare and Hotel Dog Wash and Grooming. We take Coop there often, and he loves it. Has a lot of his good buddies there. The staff is amazing, so make sure that you do. Bring your pup for a day of play at Barks and Rec. Big time thanks again to Zig Fricasi from Sirius XM NFL and NHL and Sirius XM Sports, get him on Twitter, at Zig Fracassi. That's at Zig, Z-I-G-F-R-A-C-A-S-S-I, at Zig Fracassi on Twitter. Get me on Facebook and on Instagram, ML Sports Platter, Twitter at Mike L Sports, and you can, of course, be on the lookout for my ML Sports take and nine-minute videos across all the social platforms like Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram and IG TV. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
We're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet of roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to brighten someone's day with 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99. To get 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.